G'day folks and welcome to the Australian Fly Fishing Podcast. My name's Josh Power and this podcast is an opportunity for me to interview anglers in the fly fishing community, both within Australia and overseas. I'll be speaking with people that I find interesting and inspirational, industry leaders and anglers that have helped pave the way for future generations and hopefully in turn preserve a piece of fly fishing history. I hope you enjoy the Australian Fly Fishing Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Fisho's Tack World Harvey Bay, your one-stop fishing shop on the Fraser Coast stocking a wide range of fly tying materials and tackle with access to all the leading brands. Mako Eyewear, a proudly Australian-owned eyewear company that has been on the leading edge of polarised sunglasses for over 25 years. Manic Tackle Project, a collective of like-minded anglers bringing some of the world's best fly fishing brands to the Australian and New Zealand market, including Sims, Scott Fly Rods, Able, Ross and Waterworks Lamps and Reels, Airflow Fly Lines, Loon Outdoors and much more. And Garmin Australia, whether you're chasing a new chart plotter, fish finder, trolling motor or audio system, Garmin has you covered. Yeah, good afternoon. It's um, Eddie from Peak Sports Fishing here in uh, in Exmouth, Western Australia. I'm owner-operator of Peak Sports Fishing Adventures. And, uh, yeah, that's us. G'day, Eddie. Good to have you on, mate. How are you, mate? Yeah, good to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, after a couple of um, technical difficulties with there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, finally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's all good, mate. It's bound to happen every now and then, so... Well, we might start with um, where you grew up, Eddie, and how you first got into fly fishing. Yeah, so I, I was I uh, managed to with um, move, moved around a lot as a as a young fella. Um, did a lot of growing up in Geelong in Victoria, and then uh, we had a family property up in Corryong, northeast Victoria. There, so spent a lot of holidays and stuff up there with my grandfather and dad, and and that, and then also on the other side, my other grandfather he had a um, caravan on Lake you can be in there at frying pan so I had sort of was at the you know mecca of trout fishing both southern New South Wales and northeast Victoria right on the doorstep so that's where it, it definitely kicked off with the lake fishing there I was surrounded by a lot of guys there were fly fishing and and had some guys that definitely took me out my uncle's a mad trout fisherman as well he, he's done a lot on the Monero and and stuff like that so I sort of that's where it all kicked off for fly fishing for me yeah, okay. So through school you were doing a fair bit. What did you um what did you do after school and like how did you end up in Exmouth? Did you travel around a bit before you sort of so, ended up in Exe? Yeah, yeah, I, I um I finished school uh down in Geelong in Victoria there. Um and then I moved straight up to the territory. Um ended up getting a job in uh fishing outdoor world with uh John, with uh Ronald and George in there. And um yeah, did did sort of six months in there, and I I did that while I was doing my ticket, um, and I and I got a gig straight out at Coburg as a guide. So um, straight out of school, I was sort of straight up to the territory and and uh, guiding up there. You know, we did a lot of sort of barra fishing. We had a blue water fishing too for Spaniards and brassies and queenies and all that sort of stuff. Plus, we had the up in the creeks for the barras and jacks, and that it was yeah, pretty cool spot. So. Yeah, I can imagine, especially after being like mainly chasing trout and that in Victoria would have been a bit of an eye-opener yeah. for you. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. But no, it was, uh, yeah, good. Yeah, I'm glad I did that. Yeah, yeah being out at Coburg there was was an amazing, amazing part of Australia, the fishing out yep. there. So. so at that yeah. stage, had you done any marlin fishing at all or was it mainly just getting into the barra and the blue water to start with chasing the pelagics? Yeah, I hadn't done any any sort of marlin fishing um, at all um, up until then. It was just a you watched a lot of videos and oh, there goes an ear pod. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that's connect. I don't know what's happened there. It's just all the earwax, mate. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, sliding out. <laughs> so. Um, did you end up going over to the east coast at all and doing anything like it around Cairns for the heavy tackle season or um I moved so yeah the only um after being up in the territory there we I ended up sort of doing a bit of traveling traveled back down the center and then went around the bottom um of WA and we we always planned to sort of end up in Exmouth like I wanted to obviously fish here but we were sort of going to work our way around we ended up in Albany for about 8 months and it was just 
pretty cold and was doing a lot of commercial fishing and that down there. And then um, we got straight on the road and came straight to Exmouth, skipped most of the rest of it and got straight here. And, um, yeah, it was um, – and, yeah, we literally here. The missus, she's a nurse at the hospital, got it. She had a job straight away and, um, yeah, and I could see the potential of the fishing and that here. It didn't take too long. I only had a four-point – three meter tinny with a 25 on it and yeah it was it was um yeah we never never got any further than here <laughs> why, why would you i guess like you've got some yeah. unreal fishing there and it's yeah it's just god god's country <laughs> yeah yeah it's a it's a it's a good spot that's for sure so plenty of variety oh yeah you've definitely got everything there from all your flats fishing to like your big gts billfish you've really got everything over there so pretty jealous hey <laughs> <laughs> actually i was um i gave dean butler a quick buzz yesterday just to have a chat to him and just get a bit of info and he said to ask you about your first permit that you caught in x mouse and there's a bit of a funny story to that one yeah yeah there is actually um yeah the first permit i caught here in x mouth um was in the tackle store there i'd only been in town or we'd only been in town probably a week week or so and i was in and out of that tackle store a fair bit but um yeah, speaking of one of the local guys there, he's now a guide here, Ben Knight. Um, he was he was one of the managers in there and um, I had a chat with him. I said, mate, is there anywhere I can just go and throw a fly at, at anything, you know? And he's um, he's like, yeah, look, you can go down just south of town and have a look along the beaches there. You might find a queenie or a permit, you know, and sort of sent me on my way, grabbed a couple of extra crab flies and stuff off him and off I went and then, um, yeah, literally came back. Within, I had the missus was driving. I sat on the on the roof of the um, Hilux then and just cruised along the beach and ended up first first spot we come to. Seen a permit off the roof, bang, hopped down, had a cast at it. It refused it, let it keep swimming. Presented another shot to it and it just yeah gave it a bit more action. Really, just twitched it a bit more and it just came straight over and ate it. Um, got a photo of it, let it go. Got straight back in the car. I said, "Well, I better go buy that guy a carton of beer." That's like, how good's this joint? <laughs> and again, got back in the car, drove back there, and I went in. I said, "Mate, what well, you know? Um, what can? Yeah, what do you drink, mate? I need to get." I said, "I caught a permit, like just right where you said to go." And he's like, "You know, bullshit! You caught, you caught one." I was like, "Yeah, you go. Here's a photo." And he's like, yeah, "He couldn't believe it." But yeah, it was, uh, it was bloody good. So that was the first one. Yeah, so that's and then I, uh, awesome, ended mate. Up, yeah, ended up catching another one with him. Actually, he took me fishing out of his own boat. Then only probably a month or so later, I caught another one with him on the west side. So that was pretty cool as well. And they've uh, they've been few and far between since those two. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, that's the stuff so, that dreams are made out of, mate. That's a bloody awesome run yeah. to start with. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> so did you actually, um, did you know Dean before you moved to Exmouth or was it sort of after you moved there that you got in touch with him? I'd uh, no, so I met him when I was here. I ended up working in the tackle store here um, after that for probably twelve months. Um, and I'd met Dean; he'd been in the tackle store a couple of times. And then once I sort of realised what I wanted to, I could see the potential of the fishing and that here was and the marlin side of things, which I didn't have a, a massive idea of how to go about catching them. I did catch them with some guys and that here, but. Um, and I wanted to get out of the tackle store. It was um, definitely just being in there and talking fishing and not doing a lot, of, not as much fishing as I would have liked to have been doing. Um, I I had the opportunity and a mate of mine went to Cairns. So I went to Cairns and, and fished a season there um, under Ross Finlayson on Top Shot. And that was 2009. Um, yeah, and that was an amazing learning curve for me, um, fishing-wise, chasing giant black marlin. And um, and I hadn't done a lot of marlin fishing prior to that at all, um, but uh, and I met Dino there in Cairns. He was fishing Cairns as well, and just met him obviously around the dock, and and um, and then uh, ended up coming back from Cairns, and and I came back here to Exmouth, and I just ran a couple of charter boats here, just driving for other fellas, and it was mainly just reef fishing, bit of mackerel fishing, and throw a lure out the back for a marlin on the way home if we were, if I was lucky, you know. But um, did that for, for a year and then Dino contacted me to go back and actually fish with them on the Blue Dog 
um, chasing with Tom Evans and uh, we were going to fish Cairns. But the boat at that stage was sitting in New Zealand and they'd blown a motor prior to him coming back to Australia with the boat and doing the can season. So they ended up deciding to come and fish here on a on a boat called Freeceball with uh, Dan O'Sullivan. And we fished 30 days. I didn't end up obviously going to Cairns and I ended up staying here at home. And, and Dino and Tom and uh, Steve Tedesco, we fished here on Freeceball with Dan O'Sullivan and fished 30 days fishing out of here, um, which was insane. <laughs> you would have <laughs> so learned a hell of a lot. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing, amazing. So, um, yeah, and that's sort of, we fished 30 days and, yeah. Um, Had the bug after that. Oh, mate, yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah, just catching them in general and then, you know, obviously fly fishing for them is a whole nother level. So, yeah. So um, when did you actually decide, all right, I'm going to start up and when did you start peak sport fishing? So I fished that uh 30 days and i'd sort of started to get the ball rolling prior to that anyway on on i was looking at boats and and um obviously charter licenses and everything for here and um yeah we ended up would have been would have been the next year that i ended up sort of saying pulling the you know giving the go on on the boat and and everything after seeing quite a few boats and test running a few and the contender was the one i ended up going with and I've still got it today. It's done nearly 20,000, over 20,000 hours I've done on that boat now. Fire out. And that, that's just, a 25-foot centre console, isn't it? Yeah, yep, yep. Just ordered the fifth fifth set of yammies for it there the other day, so. Fire out. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, um, no, nah, it's, been, it's been a good boat. And now, um, yeah, Wes, Wes, Wes runs that for, for me Pretty much, I still do a few days in that on it if guys want to fish um, with me in that on it. But um, yeah, pretty much Wes runs that now full time, and um, yeah, and we've also got the thirty six black watch as well. I guess for um, for especially too for the sport fishing side of things like chasing the jeets and that the contender would be perfect for that. But I guess doing a lot more of the um, the marlin stuff, and especially if you wanted to get more into the fly thing. You need to go something a bit bigger, a bit more comfortable for both the crew and the the angler, um, especially if you're yeah. backing down on fish pretty quick, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, no, the the, the black watch has been a, definitely a game changer for our fly fishing side of things. That's that's been been massive, um, and uh, yeah, but yeah, the contender, like like you were saying, it's just yeah, it's hard to beat being able to run anywhere super quick and cover a lot of ground, you know, which you need to do. As you know, the further you go, the better it is. Yep. So having that boat, being able to run and it's, um, yeah, massive asset for us here. So. And the Black Watch, that's a 36-footer, is it? Yeah, 36. Yeah, okay. So, so with um, when you first started with the, the Black Watch and that, how many days do you reckon you're averaging a year, like weather-wise, actually being able to get out there? Uh, with the Contender or... Or with, yeah, Before, the contender and the black watch, I guess. Yeah, so um, I was doing around two hundred and fifty days a year fishing with the with the contender, um, and then obviously fishing a lot of days off myself. Um, so yeah, it wasn't it didn't sit around for very long, that's for sure. But <laughs> um, <laughs> and the black watch is the same now. Like it's if we're not if we haven't got charters and the fishing's on, we myself and Wes and Riley are. We, we just go fishing ourselves. Um, it's, you know, having the boat on the mooring on the west side, it's only if the fish are inshore, it's only 15 minutes and we're into them, you know. Like the last black we caught two days ago was just, you know, I could see the boat ramp from where we let it go. So it was, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> you've got Exmouth. It's the um, the closest point in Australia to the continental, continental shelf, isn't it? Yeah, 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 it is, it is. So we've got the shelves only four miles off Tannabitty, four, yeah, four and a half miles from the back of the reef to the uh, to where it goes from 100 to 250 in the first canyon. So, yeah. yeah, it's not nice and close. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's, that's awesome because, like, for here, if we want to run up to the top of Fraser there and jump break, see, like, it's quite a run, whereas for you guys, if you're only sort of four to six miles off the boat ramp, you can't complain about that at all. That's awesome. N 
Yeah, that's it. And it make, makes it you know easy too if you're fishing. If the if the weather is up, it's not a it's not a long run. Which you know come later on the season when the blue marlin do rock up in numbers and a, and a, and are pushing down the coast. You know we haven't got far to go. You have got six and a half mile really to put put your put your lines in, which is straight off the leads, and uh, and you can be straight into them. So you haven't got long runs, even if it is blowing. You know eighteen twenty knots. You can. Uh, at least go out and fish the morning. <laughs> so, so with your um your season is like with the blacks and the sails and that is that pretty much year round. Yeah, so we'll catch our blacks and sails all year, um, and then our blue marlin can rock up as early as September. Um, I generally don't start booking guys in, in until October. We start the season October and um and we'll fish blues all the way through to february into march if we've got them but the, it's a lot of the time in march it's it's hard to go drive over the little blacks that are pretty thick at that time of year on the inshore grounds you know you could be driving over 10 bites a day to go and get one bite out out wide as as the season progresses with the blues you know it, it can get quite hot too late so um the bite does slow a bit but um yeah it i it's hard to drive over 10 bites on blacks inshore too sometimes when by, yeah. by then. I guess especially too so. if you've got someone that's keen to catch one on a fly as well, like if they're a smaller fish, more manageable on fly tackle, um, if you're yeah. getting the numbers there, it's definitely um, definitely a good time. Yeah, yeah. My, I've got an American fellow fishing with me in uh, February. Um, he's he's back for seven days chasing chasing blacks again. So for no, he, he wants numbers of fish and then – if he can catch a few few more on his tally there, he'll um he'll start looking at one on I think he's looking for one on eight pound. Yeah. So, and um yeah, we'll, we'll have a look at that. But yeah, he's fishing late February with me. And then um yeah, and I've got Jeremy Block coming back and fishing. Obviously now COVID's opened up. He's coming back and fishing in October with us. He's got uh I think eight days of fishing with us now. So Yeah, and that so, would have been a massive yeah, thing for you guys with any of the um international clients not being able to get here. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely it's, um been, you know, we, we still put together a big blue marlin season, which was good, but, yeah, definitely lost, you know, most of the guys that are coming fly fishing with us are, are international guys. So, um, yeah, yeah, obviously Jeremy Block's one of our, our biggest clients that comes and fishes regularly, and then um, Roy Cronach has been doing quite a bit of fishing with us as well. So it's good yeah, to okay. have those guys back and enjoy fishing with them so it's it's, it's good it's good <laughs> jeremy he actually um got the world record for the biggest black on 16 pound tip it wasn't it that was 2018 yep. i think yeah 2018 um was it was yeah that that all came together that was um he was looking so he was looking for his um royal slam so in under 12 months on yep. the fly and he needed a black. He needed a black marlin on fly, and I had quite a few, obviously people that he'd fished with around the world, and he was ticking off his his billfish as he went went around, and he was um he got all the way to sort of the end, and he goes, I've got literally two weeks to catch a black marlin, so I've done the whole lot within under twelve months. So I got he contacted me, and I said like he's he goes, you know what's am I going to catch one? You know if I said mate, it's a, it's a some of the best time to be here fishing, um, April, you know, I said, like, he's like, how, how long do I need to come for a week, 10 days? I said, look, mate, it, it could be a week you need, could be two hours, could be 10 days. I said, but it's it's just one of those things. I can't guarantee it, but I can guarantee it's a good time of year for you to be here. Weather's going to be nice and there's been a, a lot of fish around early. So he ended up coming and, and he did say to me, he goes, look, if, if um, I do knock it off, in the first couple of days, I'll probably end up leaving early and go back home because he was busy with, with his business and work and stuff. And I said, yeah, no worries. And we'll work it out. So he can't, he flew in um, after 36 hours of flying to get here. We flew in, jumped straight on the boat, out we out we shot. Um, I think we would, we had gear in the water for, he needed to just catch one, one black marlin to tick it off. That was it. Gear in the water, we're trolling along. 45 minutes, fish up, tease it, he casts, fish eats, got it on. We get the release on it, which that's all he needed. He wanted to get the the uh, 
tip it, tip it in the rod tip, you know, or eight feet in the rod tip, gets his release for IGFA. And then um, we said, oh, well, we'll tag it as well. So we ended up tagging that fish as well, let it go. And, um, yeah, he ended up catching another one again in the afternoon. So he caught two two for in the first day. And he's like, oh, well, the fishing's pretty good here. Like, we'll, I'll stick around. We'll fish again tomorrow. So, and, um, yeah, he ended up fishing the whole charter charter out but it was the second last day um we were fishing and he actually said um for me he goes it, i hadn't caught a black marlin on fly at that stage and he goes oh well get wes to drive and he goes you can have it you can have a cast at the next one that comes up i, I caught a black marlin that morning on fly and um and then he let wes have a the next he goes, oh, if a sale comes up, he goes, Wes, you can take it because Wes had never caught a, a, a billfish on fly at all. So Riley teased for where we had a sale come up. He's like, yep, Wes cast caught that in the morning. And then um, he's like, oh, we'll have a bit of an early day then and we'll go in and go out for dinner. And I said, yeah, yeah, no worries. So we're, we're literally just trodling on back to the, the passage in about, we're in about 80 metres. And... Um, he ended up, uh, yeah, he's like, oh, we'll go book a table. So I was on the phone booking the table. Next thing, short teaser gets absolutely climbed on. And I'm like, holy shit, that's a nice one. Like, um, get ready with a 20-pound. And, um, yeah, we teased this fish in. And it was quite a, a long tease. Um, the fish was pretty timid. Um, but, yeah, he ended up getting the bite right just a, probably a little bit further back than what we'd like on the teaser. And we did the switch anyway, fish eats. And, um I'm like, I reckon that thing's um, going to go. I'm sorry, I said 20 pound. It was on 16. So, um, and he threw 16 at it and um, got got it on. And um, yeah, the the uh, the fight, the the thing went absolutely mental, and we survived all of that. Um, and then at about the 20 minute mark, the fish popped up right at the back of the boat. It stalled, stuck its head out, and it literally just stalled, made a so all you're waiting for with that stuff is a fish to make a, a mistake, you know, and that's that fish made a vital mistake there. It paused, stalled, and Wes leaned over and stuck stuck the gaff straight in its shoulder. And um, yeah, it ended up coming flying out of the water, like nearly ripped Wes out of the boat. And um, yeah, Riley got a second gaff in it, and then I came down, put the third in it, and that ended up being 212 pound black marlin on 16 pound, uh, which was the new world record so that was um i think there's um you've got a video of that on youtube too don't you yeah yeah yep so it, it's pretty cool when you start seeing gaffs gaffs flying and trying to get him in the boat <laughs> yeah 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 it's beyond the gopro it wasn't really wide enough when it jumps up in the air where's yeah where's is literally at full extent with the thing like on an eight foot stick gaff and the things you know level with me in the bridge you know i was like oh i don't know how this is going to go down <laughs> But yeah, he managed to stay in the boat and hang on to it. So yeah, I think that was, um that record cool. back in the late nineties, I think that's one Dean Butler set. And then he had a couple yeah. of um his clients which broke it after him and then obviously yeah, Jeremy's broke it as well. Like I think yeah. he um that, that record's quite special for him because yeah, he's obviously had it a few of his clients and then one of your clients, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was a very cool fish to catch. Yeah, one that I'll I'll, I'll never forget that one, that's for sure. It's one of the yeah, definitely up there with the the uh, in the top top couple of fish that one. <laughs> yeah, and so with those blacks, do you have like a favourite sort of teaser system that you're running for them, or? Yeah, so um, I do. I do. Obviously, I run it. I run a dredge. Um, I do pull it. I do pull a dredge, and um, I pull a daisy chain with a pusher. If I can get queenies, I'll, I'll swim one behind the behind the daisy chain as well. And then just on our long, long bait or our long, long pole on the teaser pole on the long, we'll just run it either a small pusher with a with a belly flap tied into it, or or like an oceanic queenie, or even just a gar on its own. But problem with those soft like gars, and they can if they get hold of it, really they'll rip it apart. Yeah. But sometimes some of those fish you're only looking for small fish too, so having you know, you don't want something too big, you know, it just depends on the fish that we're after, you know, depending on the, the size of the teaser and that that we'll use. Um, but, yeah, definitely like little oceanics and a small pusher with a belly flap in it. Um, the two, two, my two 
two favourites anyway. Yeah, okay. And what's the average size of the blacks you're typically like finding or targeting when you when you're chasing them on fly? Um, so yeah, usually I'll have a few rods rods set set up depending on you know I do get guys that just want to come and catch one. They don't they're not interested in in tippet fishing or anything like that. I try and get the guys to. I'd prefer to catch them on twenty pound. Um, but you know you do get the odd guys that want to just catch one on a hundred pounds straight through. They're not worried about. It. They just want to catch it. Um, but yeah, I normally have um, a twenty a twenty pound setup, a sixteen pound setup, and a and a and a twelve pound setup there, and literally have the three rods and and yeah, depending on what they want to throw, you know, we'll throw sixteen or twelve at a sail or or twenty. Just depends on yeah what what the angler wants to do, but. Um, we got a few few different fly rods, and usually got most of the stuff I use, use a popper popper fly. I do like the popper the popper fly, and I do like the bite off it. Just purely just watching them eat it off the top. Yeah. So, um, and uh, and the switch that the way we do switch them is pretty quick. It's a pretty quick changeover. So obviously, with a small pusher and replacing it with a a, a small popper fly does you know, the switches goes down pretty smooth sometimes that that's something i wanted to ask you whether you're a fan of the um the popper head or not because some people love it some don't some say they only use it yep. for sailfish as opposed to blacks and whatnot but um yeah no i definitely I, the one thing i I've, I've definitely found is is um yeah I, it's all all the flies that i'm using now are all feathered flies not so much material tied synthetic flies at all so it's all all feathers everything's a feathered fly just found too many fish were getting caught up on the material and you end up fighting a fish not with the hooks in it just with the literally the material tangled around its bill or stuck to it you know so yeah which i found with a are you running a single hook or are you snelling a couple yeah I, I yeah that's been i've been running single hooks with the blues and then um yeah adult small just tiny small hooks with um yeah double double snelled hooks together so yeah, yeah similar to yeah. a lot of the guys here up at fraser there on those little juvenile blacks off the beach they're usually running two five oh or six oh octopus hooks snelled yep yep yeah i think those ones that we've been running later a um little teflon coated like it's a black magic uh x k xt i think they're an x dx or something i think they are dx hook i think they're called yeah so, okay yeah, nice and sharp and and uh, smooth hook. So they've been going pretty good for us. Otherwise, yeah, like you said, small little octopus fire those. So on that setup for chasing your blacks, what sort of line are you fishing? Like, are you fishing like an intermediate line, a sinking line? Yeah. So running, um, yeah. Or so if we're talking like for the small blacks, I just run it. I run a sinking line, but still just purely for the fact of the floating lines have got so much diameter to them, and I'm just trying to cut diameter when I'm fishing tippet. Um, so yeah, I've been running like a, a sink, a sinking line and, um, yeah, the grains like a three, 300 and a 400 grain. And, um, yeah, from that, obviously you're running, you got your tippet and then running sort of, uh, six feet of, of 80 pound to the fly line. And then from the fly line, my fly lines are cut fairly short. And I, I step that straight down into 50-pound mono and run 100 feet of that. And then I run from that, I run another high-vis um, braid and I just run 100 metres of 50-pound uh, braid. And then I drop step that down to from after the 100 to a high-vis 30-pound. So it's just literally – so once I know, once that 50-pound braid's gone – um, it's literally don't put anything on it. You're just sitting back and waiting. It's just a waiting game then. Yeah, so, so you know exactly how much line's out. And... Yeah, how much line I've got out. And once that 30-pound, you know, you're just trying to just just trying to avoid line pressure, you know. That's the biggest thing that destroys you, especially – and it's more probably chasing the blue marlin because they just go so damn hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, as soon as you as soon as you sting them, so and, you, and they usually dump a lot of water, a lot of line in the water very quickly. So yeah. everything's just trying to keep everything short and the diameter down. So you know, but um, belly 
belly does help a lot too, you know. So Yeah, okay. And those uh, bigger blues, yeah. um, what sort of setup you're running for those guys? Like are you running singles with them or are you still running like two snelled hooks or yeah, we did we did play around. I, I did do a lot with it with the single hooks and had pretty pretty good success. Last year I went back to running doubles and I still put hooks in them, but I still didn't didn't catch them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, was, I I um I didn't see too much of a difference actually. Last year we went back to just a double, but a six just used a six o in the same same octopus hook and um yeah definitely pinned them, but just keeping them on's the is the is the big one i did fight one last year i fought one with um for three and a half hours on 20 pound um but yeah the fish was ended up just one of those fish you just yeah it was probably a bit big to start with i think it was around about 300 350 pound but had the had the line ended up getting tail wrapped and um yeah just pulling it from the wrong end on 20 pound you sort of you know, it's uh, you need the thing to ju- keep jumping, and the thing had pretty much done all its jumping and was just swimming along. We just kept getting close to it and it'd swim away, getting close to it, sink away. <laughs> so, yeah, that was um, it was a frustrating fight, but yeah, it, it won in the end. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so, when you're chasing the blues, like, what's that sort of ideal size range, um, which you find like is catchable on fly tackle? Yeah, I I, th- I think if a fish of of um, like I said, a three hundred pound fish is, is definitely catchable on fly. You just need it to make a mistake. <laughs> but um, you know, the perfect fish, I guess, is up to probably 200, 250 pounds, two hundred pound fish. You know, on the on the blues, like Jeremy caught one there with us that we did put in the boat. It was 70, 76 kilos. Um, that was pretty. That was a cool fish to catch, and end up we got another two releases that day as well. But there is a there's a there's a big difference between winding that that little high high vis worm at eight feet into your rod tip versus gaffing a fish. You know there's a there is a there's a there's a massive difference in that. That's for sure. On the guys that are to put one in the boat to just getting a release on one. Yeah. So and you you guys have got yeah. some pretty impressive stats over there, like with your blue catches and black catches throughout the seasons. Like the last few years, I was having a look on your website and. The numbers are right up there, so credit to you and your, your crew there. Like when I was talking to Dean, he said he puts you right up there with the best in the world and said that's because you're one of those skippers that you're just a great angler as well. You can do everything. Like you can, you know how to drive the bait, you know how to switch, you know how to catch them. Like you can do pretty much everything. So he, he spoke very highly of you and your team. Yeah, no, it's a, definitely um, a massive thing having the two the two two boys that work under me like um, – you know they 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 hold it all together. Yeah. <laughs> I've got young Riley. He's been he's been fishing with me since uh, he's since he was twelve. He's been fishing with me. He's now twenty, um, and yeah, he's off to Cairns. He's he's off to Cairns to fish um, under Dan Klein on deploy this year. He he finishes up with me in September. So yeah, that'll be a massive eye opener for him. And um, yeah, it'll be it'll be great for him. He's been um, and then I've got Wes who's. Um, He's been fishing with us for nearly eight years now. So, and now the last last couple of years, he's been pretty much full time living. He lives here and full time here now. So, um, which is great. So, yeah, definitely the the two fellas I've got, you know, my two right hand guys are, are um, a massive asset to what we what we do over here. So. And I guess in Australia, we're pretty lucky that like Exmouth does have such a good fishery, but then you've also got like the Cairns heavy tackle fishery, the Fraser Island fishery. But then there's also like fisheries all over the world. So it's um if you want experience, there's plenty of different places you can go and do it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's for sure. For a young fella like for Riley, he's uh yeah, he's got the he's got the world at his feet where he wants to go and chase fish, that's for sure. So yeah. But for us here it's it's um yeah, bloody we've got a lot of stuff here on our doorstep and, and um yeah, we're pretty lucky, that's for sure. <laughs> and in that, like, we'll go back to that 2018 season when um, Jeremy caught that yep. world record on 16-pound tip. And you also smashed a record for, um, like, we're talking conventional now when you got that. Was it 1,089-pound blue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that was the first first of January, yeah, 2018. We caught that one uh, with angler Clay Hilbert and... Um, 
yeah, it was just it was a mate's day out fishing. Um, we yeah, I had New Year's Day off. Wes had had a big night at the pub the night before, so um, we were a little bit rusty in the morning, and then yeah, snuck out for the day, and um, we missed a fish early. Um, actually went through my dredge, destroyed the dredge in the morning, and then we ended up we still we got we ended up getting a bite out of it on the switch, and and we missed it. And um, yeah, glamour conditions. Um, and then it was yeah, it's about eleven thirty in the morning. This I'm, I got a mark on the sounder. I was like, geez, that's a nice mark at forty. And um, yeah, we ended up fish took a long time to show, um, and and it finally did and then um yeah the switch we 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 teased the fish and um and switched it but yeah definitely hung around a lot longer than lucky it hung around as long as it did it smashed everything we had in the water (laughs) smashed the right teaser all the way in switch side smashed my left teaser twice like i couldn't get it off it one of the bites dragged it all the way back and teased back in and then um its first bite on the tuna, it actually missed it, spun around, and boom, ate it again. So we're pretty lucky he was as hot as he was. <laughs> it's certainly an incredible so, fish. Like I was watching the video when you were weighing yeah. it there and like just an animal, absolute animal of a fish. Yeah, yeah, it was um, – I wasn't really expecting so many people when we drove into, into town to um, be at the game fishing club, but word spread pretty pretty damn quick. There was – I think I the first – the first person I called was Dino. I called Dino, gave him the measurements on it, and he goes, I'll call you back, I'll call you back. And then the second call was my mate New Zealand and Bonds, and, um, yeah, they were the, sort of the two people that I called. And, and by the time we got that fish on a trailer and back, and obviously the couple of the other guys on had called a few people, we called the Wade Master and drove in. There was hundreds of people at the game fishing club, so word spread pretty damn quick. <laughs> um on that fish so it was pretty cool it was like driving into a grandstand i get i guess for um for people like it's a it's a bloody impressive catch and like such such an important one for the australian bill fishing scene as well like to get the first grand of blue um certainly no small yeah. feet yeah no 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 that's for sure it was um yeah it was bloody cool to to catch it here um just got to catch another one, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Dino said Back it, it it's, it's no mistake so. when you get those fish, sort of thing. Like he, um, he said, you've you've definitely got to have your skills up there and know what you're looking for. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now it's just it's just time on the water, and uh, yeah, keep going and keep fishing hard, and and uh, try and find another yeah. one. And do you guys <laughs> run any like um, mothership trips over there, like for further afield, like around the Montebellos and stuff like that, or? Yeah, so I, I did do some stuff there with Monster Sports Fishing the last, well, it, it was the boat, the mothership was purchased at sort of at the start of COVID. So COVID was a, um, that pretty much destroyed that that um, mothershipping. Have you still got me there? Yeah, mate, yep. Oh, you just dropped yeah, that now. I think I dropped this anyway. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, you went a bit, you went a bit, buddy. Um, you went a bit bloody fuzzy. I keep dropping this one out of my left ear. <laughs> That's all good, mate. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, all good. Uh, we ended up, yeah, so we do do some mothership and stuff. I did do some stuff with Monster Sports Fishing, but that's all finished now. Um, just COVID was, was a, played a massive part in that. Like there was a lot of East Coast guys in Victoria and even from New Zealand guys coming over to fish, but we just, with COVID, couldn't do it. Um, and it just got too much for the owners of the mothership to um, to keep it. So that's all finished now. But I've got another mothership that I'm doing um, some stuff with. And this year we're doing – we've got uh, eight days of fishing at the Monty. So I'm just doing one trip this year. So taking both boats, take the Blackwatch and the Contender up there. And um, just with some WA guys from here. And um, it's just really a, a kickoff. Just, just we'll see how it goes. And, um, yeah, we're just doing one trip this year. So. Yeah. And then come back from that, and I've got a couple of weeks off with Wes, and um, we're just going to shoot up the Kimberley for a couple of weeks barrow fishing, and then we come back and just got flat knacker. I think we got pretty much back-to-back fishing all the way through to about mid-February. So um, from from that, so, um, yeah, end of September all the way through October, November, December, January, and then um, February got a couple of weeks off in the middle 
but I'll probably go for another barra fish, I think. <laughs> Got to break it up a bit. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's it, that's it. Just go do some fishing myself. Yeah. So if you were talking to someone that wanted to come and book a fly charter to specifically chase, whether it be blacks or blues and that's thing on fly, what time of year is typically the best for, yeah, for booking that? Um, yeah, it's, it's obviously with the black marlin fishing, I, I do like fishing early, like, um, fishing anywhere from late February, March, April, May, but look, it's, it's one of those things like, yeah, you can, with those, if you're just chasing blacks and sales, come when you can, <laughs> it's just one of those things with that you can, um, you can fish here any time of the year, you know, so for blacks, just come when you can. We can have 10 shots a day at any month of the year, really, all through winter. Um, and then for blue marlin and striped marlin, I'd say, you know, you want to look at October onwards um, for chasing them. Yeah. So, and, um, yeah, that can, it, it's it's one of those things, again, any time through that can fly with that. It, it's all current dependent. So, um, yeah, we, we can have, like, last year we had a pretty late start to it and when it did start it went really really hard for probably three weeks and then it slowed for a bit um and then uh there the end was a was a real fight again for us again so but yeah every year's different yeah and for the, for the traveling <laughs> so, angler what's it like getting flights into Exmouth? like is it generally from perth and then a, a small flight from perth to Exe and yeah, so you fly, uh, obviously fly into Perth is only, yeah, you can only fly from Perth to Exmouth and you fly into Learmonth, which is about 30k south of Exmouth. And um, yeah, Exmouth situated on the Gulf side, so on the eastern side of the peninsula. And then, um, yeah, we do catch sails out in the Gulf here. Um, but uh, yeah, majority, 99% of my fishing's done on the west side. Um, out, out from Ningaloo Reef there. So. Yeah, okay. And accommodation-wise, yeah. it's pretty easy for people to find somewhere to stay if they're coming for a charter with you? Yeah, it has been, like, it has been absolutely stupid, um, especially from COVID, just with WA people. But now it's opening up. It is getting a little bit better, but it's still, we do have accommodation shortages and stuff here. So getting in, obviously, early is a massive, a massive thing. Um, and just avoiding school holidays. Yeah, that's one of the big ones, eh? Hey? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. And what other so, um, what yeah. other sort of fly options have you got for guys like out of the contender? Do you chase many of the Wahoo over there or the Jeets and stuff like that? No, I, I don't chase it, chase too much other stuff. It's mainly just concentrate on the billfish side of things. Like, um, I, I can do it. That's no dramas, but. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, just fishing for those Spaniards and Wahoos and stuff like that. A lot of the time, the, the sharks can be pretty damn hot on them, eh? So it's um, I just just generally just concentrate all my fly fishing efforts on the guys that want to chase billfish. Um, you know, I, I do get guys that like Jeremy. You know, he fished and then he goes and does a couple of days fishing with Brett Wolf as well, chasing permit. Or you know, we get a few guys like that. So, and that's that's the thing. We've got a couple of couple of guys here, or really. Brett, I think, can, is um, yeah one of the main guys, and um, and John O'Shales as well. He's here, and and you've got you've got um, yeah some amazing flat stuff, and they've got the boats and everything there all set up. You know, they they live and breathe it, um, and that's really good that you can you can tie in with those guys and really sort of hone your craft, and they can focus on the flat yeah. stuff, chasing yeah. those big X mouth bones and permit and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, no, it's good. And a lot of that coming a bit later in the season, obviously, um, which does put you in. I don't know if that, if, if that, what we were just talking about before you, it did drop out, I think, but we were talking um, time of year and stuff to come. Obviously, you know, fishing September, October, November, you know, chasing, you still catch your black marlin and sails on your inshore grounds. You've got your offshore grounds, fishing for blue marlin, stripe marlin, but you've got, um, yeah, you've got obviously all your flats fishing and that in the Gulf chasing permit. The water's all warming up, so it's can be a good time to be doing that as well. The hotter it is, probably the better for that stuff, um, especially the permit side of things. I think the bone fish and that are probably fish a bit better over winter. But yeah, there are there are options for guys to come and fish here and and do a couple of days, you know, flats fishing with the with the guys, and then come out and 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 target a black marlin on, on floor or a sailfish and that's um, pretty cool because a lot of people like if they're going to a destination it's to focus on either 
the like yeah whether you're chasing billfish or big pelagics and out in the blue water or you're doing flats it's not usually both so if you've got that option where you can fly into perth get a connecting flight flight there get some accommodation and actually do a few days on the flats and a few days on the marlins then um pretty special part of the world yeah, that's it, mate. Yeah, it's, it's a bloody good spot, that's for sure. Yeah. And so, how many, um, like, do you guys have many comps and stuff running out of XE these days? Or Yeah, there are a few. There's still, yeah, there's, they've got the big tournament there, GameX, that's run in March. So and that's purely run around numbers of fish, you know, ch- predominantly chasing black marlin and sales. So um, that sort of shows then, you know, that, that early early is always, a, you know, February, March, April. And... Um, yeah, we still got they run the kids comp in uh, April, and um, and then yeah, we've got a few other bits and pieces that run later on um, through the middle of the year. Like there's the handful of other ones, and then the main one at the end is the heavy tackle tournament, which is in December. So, which is a which is a big one there. There's probably the two main ones for for myself is fish and game X and the heavy tackle, and then obviously the kids tournament. I fish my daughter and and a couple of local young kids that live live on the street here, which is pretty cool. That's so, awesome that they're getting the kids yeah. involved because obviously they're the next generation of fishers. So, yeah, no, nah, that's it. They had it. The tournament this year was really good, and the weather was absolutely phenomenal for it for the kids. It was flat for for three days, and they just said, "Pick what, pick whichever three days suit you the best. Uh, pick the best two out of the three, and and um, yeah, the kids had a ball. There was a lot of fish caught, which was really good. So get them hooked yeah cool and (laughs) has there been any other countries like internationally that you've um visited like for the billfish like have you gone to done hawaii and all that sort of thing and yeah so i'd fished um it's yeah five or six years ago now i fished in cape verde for for two two consecutive seasons i did a season there with bonds um running the happy hooker for for a month and then i went back the next the next year and I, I did three months there um with my own clients and that took them there around the same boat and um and fished in cape verde which was um yeah very cool i enjoyed that and I'd, i've still got unfinished business i'd like the way of fish there i'd like to go back and and fish that again um and wes that's fishing with me now he's pretty keen to go and catch one in the atlantic so um yeah we'll we'll, we'll see what comes in the next couple of couple of years anyway so um but yeah there, there is it is it is on the um is on the cards to go back and fish there for sure wes has done a bit of fishing there he, he's fish hawaii and that as well i'd like to go and fish there as well at some point just like to go and see it so there's plenty of places on the list to go azores <laughs> it'd be another nice place to go and have a look at they seem pretty big there yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you guys over in actually do you get the striped marlin as well or we do, we do. We um, they're not they're not like the caliber of the stuff that gets caught on the southern you know southern New South Wales or, or New Zealand standards by any. They're quite a we, our fish are, we catch a lot of fish twenty, thirty, forty kilos that you know um, striped marlin, especially over um, heavy tackle season. They seem to be quite small. If you caught one that was sixty, seventy, you'd be like, oh, that's a nice one, you know. Um, but uh, yeah. Even even over our winter months, like now, we do see a few stripes um, kicking through, and they generally be that better size for us, like 60, 70 kilos. But, um, yeah, a lot of the time you're not fishing wide enough um, to sort of be running into them. You know, you pick them up as just doing a long run, a long lap on the on the canyon out a bit further, and you'll pick one up, you know. But there's actually the last couple of days there's been a few fish caught. There's been a couple of slam grand slams caught out there. So yeah, and so for anyone that doesn't know what a grand slam, what species are we talking? Uh so yeah, you fishing. It's three different species of billfish: sail, black, blue, or yeah, three different types. So in a day, and um, yeah. It's pretty com- pretty common occurrence to catch a slam. You know, here it's it's um, you yeah, not not um, it's not something you do every day, but it's definitely you know, and probably you could target it a lot a lot better through our winter. Like if you're fishing, you pick up a stripe on the canyon, you catch your black, you're sort of like right, we'll get inshore then and go look for a sail. You know, it's which is not far. You don't even have to pull the gear usually. You just troll inshore. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Have you had um, any of your fly anglers trying to get a, a slam yet on the? Yeah, Jeremy Block. He, he's 
he's the one that he, he's definitely looking for a slam or a super slam on fly, which is he wants four species in a day. So that's why he's fishing here um, in Exmouth. He's looking for, you know, the black, the blue and the stripe and the sail in a day. So um, you'll have your work cut out for is, you. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's a, it's a big day. It's um, yeah, I've definitely, I've had that. We've had it. Um, we've had the shots at a slam in his last two trips, but yeah, haven't, haven't, haven't caught it. So it's, um, yeah, which is for us, you know, it's probably, we're looking literally, you need to catch, get the release on a, on a blue early. Be nice to catch the black out wide as well on the heavy tackle grounds and pick a stripe up and then just shoot straight inshore looking for a sail. But, you know, a lot of, a lot of the time you catch all, all four of them, when it when it's when they're when everything's going good, they're all on the they're all on the same grounds wide anyway, you know. So sometimes, uh, yeah, you wouldn't you would you don't have to, you know. It's you just we catch a lot of slams just fishing wide, you know, and we're catching black, blue, stripe in a day, no dramas. And for a lot of those guys, if they're there, like if you've got someone coming in from the states, are they typically fishing their own gear, or are you just running your gear, like rod wise and? Um, yeah, so Jeremy, Jeremy in particular, he's got all his own gear. Most of most of those guys that are, are coming to fish here um, bring bring all their own gear. I've definitely got my stuff there to to back them up as well if they need anything extra, a reel or a rod or anything like that. So, um, but yeah, I do have all. I've got all the gear here for guys that that don't you know might not necessarily have you know a sixteen weight or you know I've got everything from a twelve to a sixteen pretty much. And the the sixteens typically what you'd be using for your blues. Yep, yep, yes. Yeah. So I've actually I've actually got one of um, Dean Butler's and Tom Evans's twenty pound twenty pound rods. One of Tom Evans's original rods. So yeah, okay. Is that something he's getting custom made, or is it a? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a Biscayne that that one. So I've got um, I've got his his light one and his heavy. So that's pretty yeah, pretty cool to have them on the wall. Just use them. For, just use them for myself. <laughs> Almost straight to the pool room. <laughs> yeah, that's it, mate. That's it. It would have been um, a pretty surreal moment getting to sort of fish with and work with Tom Evans and Dean. Like Tom's renowned for yeah, his marlin records and big tarp, and over in the states, there. Like it would have been for you a massive moment and a massive learning curve too. Yeah. Yep. No, for sure. It was it was amazing fishing with those guys and under those guys. And Steve Tedesco was there with us all the way as well which was um yeah great we had a an amazing 30 days of fishing i think in 30 days we caught 36 fish on fly um all on tippets and um yeah there was quite a few state state records and stuff that were were um submitted an australian australian one submitted while we were while we were fishing as well have you got a had a chance yet to get over there and chase one of those big tarp on or no, nah, that's that's definitely on the to do list. That's one of those things I've got to go and do. Yeah, for sure. I, that's yeah, that's right up there. So yeah, I guess too you can appreciate like you're used to chasing billfish and whatnot, so you can appreciate those big animals and yeah, yeah. No, nah, it'd be it's you know obviously Dino goes over and fishes each year for them, so yeah, it'd be um and I, I hear all the stories and see all the photos and that. It's uh yeah, and uh, obviously endless watching videos on youtube of the guys catching one i've got yeah gotta go do one gotta go do it at some yeah point. you can definitely go down so. a bit of a rabbit hole on youtube there have a couple of rumbos and just <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah it's um yeah one of those things gotta gotta go and gotta go and catch one <laughs> just gotta find the time the money make everything line up <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. So it'll happen. You, you do happen. a bit over in New Zealand too, just um, like back to like I guess you started with trout, but you still do a bit over there chasing trout, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. So pretty lucky. My uncle that I obviously grew up doing a lot of fly fishing and that with he um, he ended up wanting to. He he, he was originally from Canberra and uh, he wanted to sort of spend. He's just mad, mad trout fisherman, um, and he wanted to do sort of six months in Australia, six months in New Zealand. He went over, spent his first six months in New Zealand, and never in New Zealand, and never came back. So um, he lives in the South Island in Nelson, and um, yeah, I've been going obviously 
pre-COVID, done sort of six years in a row going across there. And, um, yeah, we just I either go with him or I hire a car with a mate and I've got all my camping gear there with him and, and I just leave all my fly rods, everything. Everything's just sitting there in his shed ready to go. So we just fly in and grab the camping gear, load the esky up with beers and head south. <laughs> can't, can't make it much simpler than so, that. <laughs> Nah, 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 it's pretty good. And, you know, obviously him living there as well, you know, he gives you the what what, what rivers are flooded or what what's what's the what's the go, where where to avoid and where to fish, so um which is good. But yeah, generally try and go for minimum two weeks, sometimes three. And I guess the um the South Island there is so much country to explore down there and, and to give yourself a bit of a feel and yeah. a bit of time to work somewhere out. Um you definitely want that little bit of extra time. Yeah, that's it. It's an amazing part of the world down there and, and um yeah, for catching big brown trout on dry flies, it's it's uh, yeah, I don't think there's any better place. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty cool like for someone like yourself that's chasing billfish all the time and that to still get a kick out of chasing trout, like it definitely shows the angler side of you, not not just a fly fisherman, you're just an angler through and through. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely love it. <laughs> so it's, um, but yeah, it's something there's, yeah, there's obviously, yeah, billfish, barrows and brown trout. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's about as good as, it, good as it gets for me anyway, so. Have you had a chance to um, chase the uh, kingfish on the flats over there at all, or? I... I went and had a look. Obviously, that's right near where my uncle lives there in, in Nelson. So um, we did the one year we did take all the the eights and nine weights and that over there. It was like it was when it was sort of just starting to kick off, and um, we got there and the water was still really cold and a few fish were getting seen. Um, but yeah, I didn't see any, and I, I didn't. The, yeah, we ended up sort of after three days. I was like, bugger this, I need to go trout fishing. So. We ended up bailing on it and, um, yeah, went, went trout fishing instead. And about a week later, a couple of mates were there from New South Wales and they, they were into them. So, yeah, we sort of missed that. And by that stage, I was at the other end of the South Island. So, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that does look like some, you know, the, the flats there. I've seen I've seen it and walked them and, and it's, um, yeah, they've definitely, I'd like to go back and, and have a fish there with fish on those flats for sure. Definitely high on my list. Try and get a big king on the flat. Yeah, yeah. No, it was. A, it's. Um. I don't. There was a few things going on there when I was there. There was a heap of big pilot whales and stuff had beached themselves on there. There's about four four million um triug and hippies getting around as well. So we were sort of <laughs> we we're out of there once they all sort of blocked. Yeah, because it's not a big area there either. You know, with small couple small towns and that there. So it filled up with with that. So once that all sort of kicked off, we got out of there. But um. Yeah, we're probably a week or so too early and the water's a bit cold, but yeah, definitely um we'll go and have a look at that again. That looked um that looked really cool. So We've spoken about big kings on the flats and tarpon and that. Have you got any bucket list fish on the fly rod that you really want to tick off that you go, Yeah, I've got to give that a crack before I end up kicking the bucket? <laughs> yeah, I'd 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 like to I'd like to catch it a, a I'd like to catch a nice barra on a, on the fly. I've caught plenty of small barra on fly. I'd like to catch a nice one. So that's definitely on the list. Um, yeah, just need to do a little bit more groundwork up north here in the Kimberley before I pull the fly rod out. I need to catch a few more big ones <laughs> on the conventional gear. <laughs> I'm still not quite... I've, yeah, <laughs> one of those big salties would be no. pretty cool. Like you see, like there's, I don't think there's been too many super big ones, but yeah, you occasionally see a photo of like a dollar twenty or a dollar thirty, and it's an impressive fish on the fly rod. Oh yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I'd, I'd, I'd yeah, I'd, I'd take one that big, but I don't need to catch one that big. But yeah, we, uh, yeah, definitely. I just need to catch a few more before I start pulling the fly rod out. I'm not quite done, done with them on the on the spin gear yet. <laughs> for a lot of people to get their first big one and that the impoundments on the east coast are pretty impressive like guys that go up to sort of faust and whatnot and kinchin and timber and all those places um definitely a good place to get your your meter plus bar on fly oh yeah for sure for sure it's um yeah I'm, i just might have to come that side I think. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no shortage of places mate i'm sure you'll find other stuff to catch as well so yeah, 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 no, but yeah, definitely uh I'd like to yeah, for fish on the fly rod for myself, I'd like to catch a 
catch a blue marlin on fly. I to catch a big bar and a tarp, and they're probably the three fish that are a must a must do for me on the fly rod. So, um, yeah, and I'll just slowly between days, between charter days, and and uh, and keep keep chucking them at the, these blue marlin here anyway. So, yeah, it'd be nice to nice to catch one catch one on the fly here on twenty pound. That's what that's what I want to do. So, use use Tom Tom's rod and and uh, yeah, do that. that. That's one of the main things I'd like to get out of. The, do. That'd be a pretty special moment to be able to do it out of your boat with one of the the lads driving for you, and to do it on Tom's rod, like yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it would be for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, if someone wanted to book a charter with you, what's the best way of getting in touch? Like email, or like jump on your website, or yeah, jump on the website and just flick us a, a message through there. And um, otherwise, yeah, just give us a call. It's probably yeah. Otherwise, um, yeah, give us a call. Or just drop us an email and. Um, yeah, we can have a have a chat and and uh, see what the guys want to want to do. So we can um, definitely put something together. And obviously sooner rather than so, later too, because you'd get some guys that want to book yeah. a full week or a couple <laughs> of weeks and that sort of thing. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Yeah, definitely getting in as, as if you're thinking about it. Yeah, sooner rather than later. Yeah. So. Oh, I think we um, we might wrap things up. But thanks again, Eddie, for coming on. I've really enjoyed getting to. No, nah, no worries, mate. No. Nah. Hearing a bit more about Exmouth and the um, Unreal Fishery that you got going over there. Yeah, no, bloody thanks for having us, mate. And bloody good to have a chat with you. Well, hopefully if I get over there one day, we can catch up for a rumbo or two. Yeah, that'd be good, mate. That'd be good. <laughs> Always game. After seeing a couple of pictures of your shed, I don't think that'll be an issue at all. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, there's plenty plenty get drunk in there anyway. <laughs> a few stories. All right, thanks, Eddie, mate. I'll talk to you again soon. No worries, mate. Thank you. Thanks, folks, for tuning into this episode of the Australian Fly Fishing Podcast. To find out more about peak sport fishing or to book a charter, visit peaksportfishing.com.au. You'll also find them on Facebook and on Instagram under peak underscore sport fishing. While you're at it, make sure you also give the Australian Fly Fishing Podcast a like on Facebook. You'll also find us on Instagram under at Australian Fly Fishing Podcast. All the best. I look forward to bringing the next episode to you very soon.